Welcome to the Write Your Novel with David Allen Patali podcast, a place for real talk about what it takes to create a book. My name's David Allen Patali, and I'm going to give you a no-bullshit run-through of the tips, techniques, and insights that have shaped my writing practice and helped me create a novel I'm truly happy with. We write because it's hard, because we have to, because we need to, but you don't have to suffer needlessly for your art. With the right strategies, mindset, and community, You can get it done and enjoy the process. So let me take you on a ride where writing myths get exploded, excuses get torched, and the path gets lit just a bit brighter. Hey writers and welcome back to the Write Your Novel podcast. I'm your host David Alan Patali and welcome back to my writing room, which is actually the spare bedroom on the very cold side of our house uh, in Perth's northern suburbs, but it's the place where I feel most comfortable these days doing my work and also most comfortable talking to you about the kind of the kind of things that I would talk about privately to other writers, but I think um, it's important to discuss them openly because every writer goes through what I'm about to talk about, and that's writer's block and procrastination. Now, tackling the first thing first, writer's block is a bit of a catch-all term uh, that's almost like a boogeyman kind of thing, you know. It's almost like Voldemort, he who must not be named. Writer's block is one of the most Googled search terms on the planet, apparently, because I guess every writer reaches a point where they feel they can't go on. We all reach a point in our manuscript or our work in progress where we just run out of ideas. We don't know what happens next, or we lose the motivation to keep going. So I think there's a number of aspects to this, but the catch-all term, writer's block, is supposed to take all of that in. But I think if you just unpick it a lot of the time, you really find some solutions to the things that are ailing you. Now, writer's block can be quite serious in the sense that there might be some emotional difficulties that are stopping you from writing. The thing that I tend to think about when this happens to me is uh, the artist Sting from The Police. He wrote a series of uh, solo albums after being with The Police, and they did okay. But then his father died, and he'd had a very antagonistic relationship with his father his whole life. So Sting was from Newcastle, up in the north of England. He was destined to be someone who grew up and worked in the shipyard just like his father. But Sting was musical, so joined punk bands that led to the police, led to international superstardom. His father, however, stayed in the docks building ships, and they had this love-hate relationship for a very long time, but at the end, they were quite peaceful with each other, where uh, they respected where both sides were coming from. The death of his father left Sting very bereft, and for two years, something like that, he could not write music. He could perform the stuff that he'd done before, but his heart wasn't in thinking up new things, and he just said, I was blocked. I had major writer's block. I had this, this terrible feeling inside of me. But one day... He just decided to sit with it, and through sitting with it, the song started to come, and he lent into the way he was feeling to create some art, some beautiful art that became the album The Soul Cages, which is, in my opinion, his best album. Uh, it doesn't matter if you like Sting or not, but I, I think the, uh, the point of that is, is that I'm not saying that art is a cure 
for what ails you. But it's important to recognize that it can be. And so when we feel blocked by certain things in life, investigate that and interrogate that. You know, the writing of Locust Summer really was triggered, sit here, was triggered by the death of my grandfather, died from dementia. The story of Locust Summer is about a father dying from dementia. So I drew on a lot of that. But it took a long time for me to work up the courage to write it. So you could say that in the time before I wrote Locust, I was blocked. And it was only the time when I actually decided to engage with what bothered me, with what was ailing me, that, that the writing could happen. So I think it's very important that we are respectful of that aspect of writer's block, where there are, there are difficult emotions and difficult things to navigate. And everyone has to find their own way through that. When I talk about writer's block, though, what I'd like to talk about really from my experience is the things that we can tell ourselves that stop us from writing or the things that we can do in our day to day practice that stop us from writing. So the thing I would really like to emphasize is that every single story that I have ever written, whether it's a short story, whether it's a journal, a piece of journalism, a feature article, novels, first drafts of stuff, it all contains this one part that's just impossible to, to hack through, where the first bit might come really freely, the second bit not so much, and then by the middle, or usually around three quarters, I start freaking out. Because all of the aspects of the story have to start coming together. We're reaching the climax and the, we're, you know, we're reaching the falling action part on the, the table, I suppose. And it's at that point where I just start to freak out and it has this tough, difficult section. And because it's difficult, because it's tough, it's discouraging. And because it's discouraging, I lose heart and then I stop and I lose all my momentum. And then I feel like I've run out of ideas and that, that the story snapped me in two. But from mapping my reactions to every story that I've ever written, I'm assured because I know that I've just hit the tough part. I've hit the part where all the strands have to come together and I have to actually click it and make everything work. The only way through that is just to push through bit by bit, inch by inch, day by day. Take what the book is giving you. So on a day that you get two lines done, that's fine. Maybe those were the only two lines that could be written that day. So I assure myself that this is just the tough part and I've just got to, I've just got to take a knee on this one and like kind of run out the clock on the bad days like they do, like they do in the NFL or I just keep smashing through, just keep going bit by bit by bit by bit by bit, uh, like they do in rugby union, you know, just, just getting to the touch line. But uh, it's normal. It's normal for that to happen. So if you're in a tough part of your story, that's okay. You can just sit with it. It doesn't mean that you're blocked. It just means that it's a, a tough part of the story that you have to get through. The other part that I feel induces what we would term writer's block is burnout. And you're just feeling burnt out from writing the story. You've been at it day after day after day after day, week after week, month after month. It's dominating your thoughts. Um, try as you might, it's just not working. Well, I think in the cases like that, I've been there myself with Locust Summer many times with other stories that I've written. You've drained you well. There's a well of creativity in all of us. There's a, 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 a I suppose, a soulful part of us that needs to be rebalanced and recalibrated. And if you're going in day after day and trying to do a prescriptive story treatment, like you're trying to do 800 words, or I'm trying to write for two hours precisely every day, it's kind of sucking the joy out of it, right? There is as much value, in my opinion, of going for a two-hour bushwalk and thinking about 
problems with your story, thinking about your characters, even chatting to your characters. I mean, who cares? I mean, you're in the bush, there's no one around. Uh, or you can drive in your car and chat to your characters. Everyone just thinks you're on the hands-free kit. It doesn't really matter. I know I keep saying that, but I think it's a really good technique. Um, there's as much value in doing that as there is in actually sitting your butt down and doing the work because it all adds up to a greater understanding of your story so that when you do come to write, the writing is much easier. You've got to refill the well of creativity and the well of spontaneity that you have in you as well. So if you're feeling burnt out, that doesn't mean you're blocked. You're just tired. Go take an art class. Read a book. Spend some time with your kids. Go for a walk. Do something else in that writing time and forget the guilt of, you know, I'm, I should be using my writing time. This is a terrible thing. No, you're not. You're, you're refilling the well. Now, a good technique for this to, to you know, a long-term thing I really like the Ernest Hemingway technique of writing until you're hot and then stopping in the middle of a sentence. You know, that way you have somewhere to begin the next day, but at the same time, you're not depleting yourself of the story. You're not depleting your ability to back it up again the next day. You know, when we go to the gym or, you know, we do any sort of physical activity, we, we warm up and we take care of our bodies and we, we listen to the aches and pains that we have and we might go a little softer on ourselves the next day. Why can't we do that with writing? Why can't we stretch? Why can't we take a yoga class? Why can't we do some you know, nice movement down the park and then hit the weights two days later? You know, writing is a seasonal thing. It's also um, a thing that need, you know, it needs to be in tune with your body, your mind, and your soul. So I don't think there's any problem with if you're feeling tired, go do something else for a bit. Keep it in your mind because you know, the book is always being written in your mind anyway. So you might as well allow that process to take place. If you're out of ideas, you know, you genuinely don't know what's going to happen next, I would recommend also going for a walk and just figuring stuff out. But when you're doing that, you're not trying to think up what happens next plot-wise. I think you've got to think up what happens next thematically-wise. Themes are the meaning of your story. So if you've run out of ideas for what happens next, you might be mistaken in thinking that you've run out of plot points. You haven't. You've just run out of meaning. So think on the meaning and that will reveal to you what should happen next, how your characters should react to things. Now, I'd just like to flip it away from writer's block now to procrastination because I think they're kind of cousins, if you will. I actually think procrastination is a really good thing in the sense that, just as I was saying, there's always a part of my stories where it's really difficult and I, I can't smash through it and I just have to sort of take the difficulty. I always reach a part of my story where I start to procrastinate. And I wonder why that is. I start to look out the window. I start to look at YouTube if I haven't already turned the internet off. I read the books on my shelf. I look for distractions. I maybe try and start another story or I become unhappy with the title of my story and try to think up 10 more. Why am I doing that? Why am I procrastinating? I'm three quarters of the way through this story. Surely I should be fired up. No. Because deep down, I know something's wrong with the story, or I'm scared, or better yet, that I'm onto something. I think procrastination usually means that you're onto something. Now, it's a, it's a funny part of human psychology in that, you know, um, on the verge of victory, we can often waver. So I think it's, there's an element of that. I'm scared to go there. I'm scared to go into that place where I know a lot of hard work waits for me where I know maybe some emotional pain waits for me, 
where I know that the success of the story waits for me because I know that it's going to take, like I say, an enormous amount of work. So I'm procrastinating. I'm avoiding that. It's the same as, you know, you should go to the gym, but you don't. You know, you should call your parents, but you don't. You know, you should do all these good things, but but you don't. Why? Good things should be easy, right? But they're not. It's easier just to <laughs> grab some ice cream, sit on the couch and watch some Netflix. But procrastination is not necessarily you being lazy. It can be. Sure, I've been there all the time. But procrastination, I think, really is a clue that you're onto something. And just as writer's block, the colliery of that can be a clue that you're onto something. Why are you blocked? Why are you refusing to do this work? Why? I remember writing Locust Summer. I went up to Varuna, the National Writer's House in the Blue Mountains. When I got there, it was in manuscript form. And the story was originally about the relationship between Rowan and Bryce, his father. So it was a father-son story. But when I got there, I knew it wasn't working. And it wasn't working because I know that I'd focused on the wrong relationship. The relationship that I should be focusing on was Rowan and his mother, Justine. But that was an infinitely harder relationship to write about. It had way more areas of vulnerability. It had way, you know, so many more points of conflict. It was this enormous thing and it was a scary prospect to go into because you know, as a male writer, there are familiarities with writing about a father and son relationship. It's just, it's just how it is. So projecting into a mother-son relationship, even though, you know, I am a son of a mother, going into that, stepping into that zone was really stepping out of my comfort zone. And so basically I, I, I kind of diagnosed myself that I had procrastinated for six years in writing the manuscript of the wrong story. But the moment I stepped into that zone of total discomfort and started writing Locust Summer again with the difficult relationship to write about at the center, that's when everything really, really started to click. And I fought those blocks the whole way, those doubts, those feelings that uh, I was doing the wrong thing, those feelings that I was scared of what happened next, that I didn't know what happened next, but I did deep down. So I fought that the whole time. It was so difficult. And then by the time I got to the end of what was another draft of this story, I had something quite special, I think. It was like, wow, that was worth the effort to push through that. But at the same time, that did take about a year. Uh, it wasn't a case of me forcing myself to do it. I sat down every day and I did my work every day, but I was kind to myself in the process of it because I recognized that I needed to not drain the well of my creativity, that I needed to take care of myself emotionally, and that I needed to be mindful of the fact that what I was doing was something very difficult. So I took quite a professional attitude to it. I was, I thought, okay, this is going to take a long time and I'm going to do it in a dedicated way, but I'm not going to do it in a way that destroys the validity of the project. So as a colliery to that, a great book that I always recommend is Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield. He also wrote The War of Art, which is an absolutely classic uh, motivational tract for, uh, for any creatives out there wanting to look at how you can professionalize your writing practice or your creative practice, not in the sense of uh, opening a business, but in the sense of how you approach your work. So Pressfield defines things as you're either an amateur where you over-identify with your work 
and you go about it in a slipshod and haphazard manner or you're a professional. You don't take it personally. You turn up, you do your work and you go. And everything else in your life feeds that, but it's not the sole reason for your life. You're a professional. It's your job. And so what I really like about that attitude is that it allows you to almost disassociate yourself from the creative things because the creative things happen whether we want them or not. Now, creativity is innate uh, within anyone pursuing something creative. The actual work, though, that's what you can focus on. Be kind to yourself, but be brutal with your work. Because when you just focus on the doing of the work, everything else feeds into that. So, yes, it took me a long time to write Locust Summer, but it was because I was aware that what I was writing was fragile. But I professionalized the creation of, of that production line of fragility, if you will. I went about it in a very organized fashion so that it did actually happen, but it was organized in a way that I didn't get blocked again and I didn't procrastinate so much, that I actually stayed focused on the tasks, that I was aware of how I was feeling and I was aware of what my moods were. So you can harness these things. That's why I say writer's block is bullshit and procrastination is good. It's bullshit if you let it dominate you. It's bullshit if you let it uh, hang over you like a black cloud instead of recognizing the tools that it can be giving you, the clues that it can be giving you as to what you should be doing next. And procrastination, well, you know, we all suffer from that. That's just the human condition. But like I say, it's, it's a really good sign that you're onto something good. Now, the two main ways that I fight procrastination and writer's block, I suppose, this writer's room that I'm in. I switch off the internet and I sit in here when I can. The uh, first podcast was about, you know, you do have time to write, but you've got to create it and you've got to take whatever opportunities you can get. But when I can, sit in here, turn the internet off and just with whatever time that I have, I sit with the story. Now, I can write a thousand words, I can write 800, I can write two lines. It doesn't matter. But sitting with it allows you to think, it allows you to focus, and it gives you the opportunity to actually do the work. So if I was sitting here procrastinating, reading internet stuff and all that kind of thing, kind of a sign that I'm onto something good rather than disinterest. If I was disinterested, I wouldn't be in the room in the first place. I would be out there on the couch watching Netflix. But the fact that I've turned up means that I'm onto something. The fact that it, maybe I'm procrastinating, maybe there's some issues to work through there and capitalize on. Uh, that's another underestimated part. Your fear is a good thing. Your reticence to do the work is a good thing because that pushes you into uncomfortable territory and it's from discomfort that I think a lot of our greatest writing can come from. And finally, when I'm dealing with writer's block, when I don't know what's going to happen. I like to go back to my notebooks. So I fill notebooks with all kinds of stuff. Just writing whatever. Writing absolutely whatever comes into my head. Character sketches, scenes, uh, ideas for different things, even drawing buildings that are maybe going to be uh, in the story. Drawing, um, drawing areas that, that I've been to, that I'm drawing inspiration from. Because that's kind of like kindling the fire. That's, that's a way of accessing the, the deeper part of yourself, the deeper memories, the deeper instincts that are going to help you translate onto the page with words. 
And we say we can't write something that's not true at all. We can always write something. When we say that we don't have the time to do something that's not true, we always have the time to do one thing, to do something. It's just, can you be bothered? Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. And, you know, can you accept that some days are going to be bad and some days are going to be good? But the fact of the matter is, you know, time on target demands that we keep doing this day after day or as much as possible because it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you pace yourself and listen to your body, listen to your creative soul and feed what it needs, if it needs rest, give it rest. If it needs distraction, question it. If you, feel, if you can't feel like you can't go on, not necessarily true. You can definitely push out another K. There is always a way forward. And I would encourage you to look at anything that's holding you back and question it pretty deeply because that also can find, you can also find some of the greatest answers even to your creative work within that. Good luck and happy writing. And just one more thing before you go, I'm just dropping in to let you know that this coming Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, I'll be hosting a free live event for one hour each night from 8pm West Australian time, discussing how to map your novel. We'll be covering everything from setting up a good mindset and working habits to structure and conflict, and then writing a propulsive first chapter. Sign up with the link in the show notes, and I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to this episode of Write Your Novel with David Allen Patali. If you loved what you heard, hit the subscribe button. You can follow me on socials at David Allen Patali. Don't forget, this podcast is about writing your novel. So make sure you drop any of your questions into the link in the show notes, and I'll make sure I answer it on the show. Until next time, happy writing. <laughs>